Well, good morning. Uh, for those of you who are visiting, um, I am not the pastor here. It will become extremely obvious throughout the course of the morning. But um, uh, Kyle and his wife are, and family are gone for a week and a half or so, and uh, this gives the elders an opportunity to preach. It's a, uh, it is both a daunting task, and it's also a privilege to be able uh, to have the opportunity to have the pulpit for a week. And since our church is basically an exegetical church where we have passages and we just work through those passages, it doesn't work well when it's somebody who is speaking once or twice a year. So we're going to be a little bit more topical today, even though we're going to uh, um, center off the passage that Paul read for us. And that was Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some have the, is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. If some of you were in Bible Hour the last couple of weeks, especially this last week, we talked about uh, Christ as king. But we ended with saying that we are joint heirs with him by virtue of who he is and what he has granted to us. And therefore, we have this incredible confidence to be able to come into his presence because of the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. And we remain confident because he's faithful. Well, that's what this passage is talking about. It's talking about the fact that, that he gives us this confidence. Um, but then as you look at the end of the passage, my question to you would be, what are we as the body of Christ supposed to do then as a result of that? And I think you find the answer to that at the end of the passage in, in verse 24, and it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some have, is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now there's a similar passage in 1 Thessalonians 5.11 where it says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So it seems rather obvious to me 
that one of the requirements that Scripture gives us by virtue of who we are, that we are supposed to be encouraging one another. And especially here within the body, that's our requirement. So I have some questions. How do we do that? What does it mean? And then lastly, how are we doing on doing that? You know, we, we, we talk about encouragement, and, and we see it in, in the world around us. I don't want to take a lot of time with the what is it not, but what is encouragement not? One of the things I thought about was when we're raising kids, and most of us in here have had the privilege responsibility, and terror of raising kids, and especially those of us who are old, we look and say, boy, some of what I see as encouragement doesn't seem much like it's really encouragement. Um, Participation trophies don't do much for me. Telling our kids, oh, you were wonderful when they weren't, doesn't seem like that's being speaking the truth in love. But how about adults? You know, we tend to do it with adults as well. We tend to find ourselves sometimes because we think we want to just Build them up. We can tell people, oh, yeah, you did a great job. Now, I'm going I'm to give you a confession here, okay? Every time I do public speaking, when, most of the times when I do public speaking, Barbara is there, okay? I really do care what you people tell me, but I really care what she tells me. And so I am looking to her afterwards to find out how did I do. Now, if she always said, oh, man, Dan, you did a great job, it would mean nothing to me. But there are times when she says, well, you know, you got a little confused, on, which happens more and more for me, I, I find. But, um, but so I look for that. Because I know I can depend that she's going to speak the truth in love to me about what it is. And so encouragement is not just saying, oh, you did did great. Or the person that comes and you absolutely detest what they're wearing, you know? Maybe it's me, but um, it, it just doesn't go well together. And you go, oh. I really like your outfit, when you don't like your outfit. That's not encouraging. So we need to look at what is encouraging and what is encouragement and what does it mean. So what, we've, what I think we understand, it, it isn't saying nice things about someone. It's instead helping someone to have the courage 
that they need in a circumstance that they don't feel up to. So I would like us to look at what the basis is for encouraging each other, which is courage. You know, I, I wanted to find some great quote from the Wizard of Oz for the, for the lion, you know, who has no courage. And so I went through, I didn't watch the whole movie, but I went through all the things that are listed for the cowardly lion in courage. It's terrible. I, I never realized that. I always thought, oh, here's a guy who needed, how he gets what he gets, he drinks a potion. I mean, a terrible way to talk about courage. The Bible, when we're looking, especially at the Hebrew, um, the word is shazak. I, you know, I can pronounce those words when Nate's not here because I don't think anybody's going to correct me. But, um, and it says that is to show oneself strong. If we look at 2 Samuel 10, verse 12, it says, Be of good courage, and let us be courageous for our people, for the cities of God. And may the Lord do what seems good to him. So having courage in what it seems good to the Lord. Or you could look at Psalm 31, verse 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Or Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we can have courage because we know that God is with us wherever we are and whatever the circumstance is. Courage, then, is the willingness to do something when you don't feel up to the task. You ever been there? I think all of us would admit that we have a lot of times. And the heart is connected to courage in this process because it's something which has to come from our inner being. In the New Testament, the word they use is tharseo, which means to be firm or resolute in the face of danger or adverse circumstances, to be enheartened or to be courageous. So there are lots of times where Jesus commands people or recommends to people that they have courage because of the circumstance that they're in. John 16.33, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So he can encourage people because he says, wait a minute, you know, the world's going to be a rotten place for you. But take heart, be, have courage, because I have overcome the world. I think we tend to sell that concept short. I think we tend to not realize that the 
basis for our courage is the one who we have faith in. Well, when you have faith in the one who has the ultimate amount of authority and ability and power, then it's easier, not always easy, but it's easier to have courage. So we're supposed to have our courage, which is the base word for encouragement. We're supposed to have our courage because of who he is. What do we usually tell people? We usually tell people have courage because of you. You've got it. You can do this. Well, that's not the case. We can have courage and we can be confident because of who he is. Then there's a whole other aspect in Scripture where it talks about being encouraged. Encouraged to have courage imparted to you. If we look at Romans, Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And then in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And most of you probably can complete that verse. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So the courage that we get through being encouraged is precisely that, is because God has promised us a future and a hope. And then a, a really familiar verse to most of us is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Well, the word that's used there is the same word. So you could read that as though I can do all things through him who gives me courage, who, who gives me the ability to, to go in the face of this circumstance that I don't think that I can handle and to be confident because of who he is. And another familiar verse to most of us is Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So not only do we have the opportunity to have courage and to be encouraged, but we have that with confidence because he's promised us. He said, I will bring this about in my time. So it's a done deal. It's, it's not something we have to kind of hope is going to happen, but we can have that courage because of it. So encouragement then gives us courage. I mean, it seems rather simple, but there's lots of times we don't necessarily feel like we have very much courage. How do you feel when you're in encouraged by somebody else? Does it make you stand up a little taller? Make you maybe get a smile on your face? Maybe 
have a willingness that you didn't have before that encouragement? Uh, we had a son, we have a son who's a, a pastor, and he went through a really difficult time here a couple years ago. And it was amazing how I could see his countenance change when he was encouraged by those people around him. So we need encouragement, and we are to be encouraged by who God is because he's capable. But sometimes there's nobody around. Sometimes we're having a difficult time and there's nobody to come alongside and encourage us. What do we do then? What do you do in those times when you're having some lack of courage and there's nobody around? You know, some people, it is my observation at least, need the type of encouragement which is a, just a slap on the back and, hey, this is going to be okay, more than others. Um, I, I, I'm not wanting to pick on people, but uh, um, yeah, <laughs> okay, Rusty. No, um, <laughs> but I, I was especially thinking of Paul and... and um, Paul isn't the kind of person, at least to my observation, that has a great requirement for people affirming him for encouragement. So I, I, my wife would tell you that I am probably really high on that list of, of not needing that very much. But how, how about those people who, do, who really do need it? They require that we are the ones that, that give them encouragement, but they likewise find themselves in a situation where there's nobody around to encourage them. So what do they do then? You go to Scripture. That's the only thing you can do. Because sometimes God uses people in our lives to install an element of encouragement into our lives, but those times when... Those people aren't there. Those times when Rusty's in the truck and there's nobody around. And he can go back to Scripture. And that's why Scripture becomes such a central point for every aspect of our lives as believers. So when you find yourself in that circumstance... The Word has the answer for you. You may not know where it is. You may have to research to find it. But Scripture has that encouragement for you. And you are going to handle those situations. I'm going to handle those situations far better when I have a divine perspective from Scripture rather than my own personal human perspective. Don't you find that most of those times when you need encouragement, it's because you're 
relying too much on yourself anyway? That certainly is true for me. And instead, those times when we depend on God and who he is, we're then capable of coming through those times. And when we are going to Scripture for that encouragement, it reminds me of 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 5, the second half of verse 5, destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Isn't that what really causes discouragement for us? Is when our thought process gets us to the point where things just look so bleak that we can't deal with them. And instead, when we go to Scripture and take every thought captive, we have the opportunity to use Scripture as our basis for that. So a stable Christian life is predicated on the biblical content that you have stored up and the continuity of our thinking as, as we put things together and understand who God is, how he functions, and how that relates to our life. But then I want us to get to the where I really want to head with the sermon. And that is on encouraging each other. There's two different ways that we can encourage each other. One is the acknowledgement of doing well. That's what I look to Barbara for. But the other one is a call to do well. Both of those are important. As we encourage those people around us, it's important to let them know when they have done their job well or lived their life well. But the other one is that desire to impart to them the courage to do well. That's, that's the one we use when people are really struggling with things. You know, um, I, Paul prayed for Dave Fields. For me to go up and slap Dave Fields on the back and say, boy, I'm glad you're doing so good, when he's not doing good, is not an encouragement. But for me to go to Dave Fields and say, how you doing? And you know, Dave, God will get you through this is a method for us to be able to give encouragement to other people. Do you ever feel discouraged? I mean, do you ever feel really discouraged? Those can be really really hard times. And I know that some of you go through that because I've shared that with some of you. When you've genuinely been 
discouraged. Why do we feel discouraged? I think the basis for it is because we live in a fallen world. We're surrounded by sin. We're surrounded by debauchery. We're surrounded by ungodly things. Do you ever have circumstances where you feel discouraged primarily because it looks to you like the world is falling apart and we as the church aren't making much of a difference? I think we all feel that sometimes. I think we find ourselves in a circumstance where we go, this is terrible. We have some examples of that in Scripture. One of them is Moses. Okay? Moses is really discouraged with how the people are doing, right? I mean, they're out in the wilderness. The people have already made the golden calf, and, and he's, he is genuinely discouraged with them. And he says, I alone am not able to carry all this, people, because it's too burdensome for me. So if you're going to deal with me thus, please kill me at once. I've, if I've found favor in your sight, then, and do not let me see, then do not let me see my wretchedness. So he says, hey, you know, you made me here to lead the people into the promised land. You know, that's quite a privilege, right? Uh, this, is a, this is a godly man, and, and he's got all of Israel with him. And he says, God, I can't handle this. This is way too much. The people are rotten. Everything is rotten. Just kill me. Just let me die. So we get back to that Hebrew word of shazak, to be strong and to grow strong, to be stronger, to prevail over, and to have courage. That is what we are called to. A couple verses I'd like to just have us think about as we're looking at uh, how we might stir each other up to good works and encourage each other. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may have grace to those who hear. When, when that son of mine I talked about went to his very first church, he called me, I don't know, he had been there less than a week. And a young couple came, invited them over, and there were a couple of young couples from the church, you know, and Brock is probably 25, 6, 7 years old at the time. And uh, one of the men there said something. Brock never has told me what he said. I don't know whether it was a crude joke or was a disparaging comment or something. And Brock quoted that verse to him, and he told me that. And he said, you know, the guy really appreciated it, Dad. And I thought, well, let's wait a while. Let's find out if he really did appreciate that. That person 
is a friend of his to this day. Matter of fact, Brock just spent two or three days with him a couple of weeks ago. And so that giving him courage, in this case, to not be who he was being was an encouragement to him because it gave him the ability to say, wait a minute, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Another passage is Romans 15.2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up, to, to give them a little bit more capability of dealing with that circumstances. And then that brings us back to the two passages that we used to begin with. The First Thessalonians 5.11 one, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And then the end of the Hebrews passage, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day is drawing near. What does that encouragement look like today, 2023, Custer, South Dakota? Biblical encouragement is more than just saying nice things to people, though it's important for us to say nice things to people. Its purpose is far, far deeper than just trying to build somebody's self-esteem. You know, self-esteem is the whole topic in and of itself. But, but that's not what it's there for. And it's, it's not like an inspiring message from a coach, you know, which is rah-rah team. Okay, let's... Let's go and, and let's get this. I think that encouraging each other in the body is to find a means to help each other have the courage to, and here's a quote that Kyle uses frequently, the courage to live God's way in God's world for God's glory. As believers, we need encouragement. We need to encourage other people. And we need to have that both through the word that we, we keep in our heart and through the people around us and given to the people around us. And that's why this church has embraced biblical counseling the way it has. Because biblical counseling is really a short-term intensive discipleship to encourage people to be that which they don't think they can be, to do that which they don't think they can do. So when we give them, through Scripture, that equipping to be and do who they can be through Scripture, 
we have, in fact, encouraged them. So I honestly believe that we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraging others. So how are we as Southern Hills doing? Are we taking the opportunity to spur people on to godliness? Sometimes maybe that means through chastising, but giving people the tools that they need to live a godly life. When I think back about people who encouraged me, sometimes your brain goes to the people who have made you feel really good, but more than not, those times when I've genuinely been encouraged, it's because people have taken the opportunity when they could see that I didn't feel up to the task to point me in the direction of God and Scripture to show that I, in fact, could find myself having the courage to do it, not because of what was in me, but because of who he is. So I have a charge, and visitors, please take this with you back to your church, but this is specifically for the people in Southern Hills Bible Church. Find the opportunity to encourage each other. Find the opportunity to tell people when they've done well and you appreciate it, but especially take the opportunity to when people need to find the courage to be and do what they don't feel up to, come alongside them. Give them that word of encouragement that spurs them on to godliness and puts them in a position where they can now trust God and have the courage, not because of who they are, we are, I am, but because of who he is. Father, thank you for the opportunity to look into your word and to see what it is that you have for us, to realize that uh, you alone are the source of our courage, that you alone are the nidus behind how and why we encourage each other, and Father, I would ask for this church in this town at this time that you would give us a heart to encourage each other because of who you are. And I ask this in your son's name. Amen.